everyone, welcome back to another episode with your favorite podcasters, the A's and D's. So today we're going to be talking about my favorite topic. Mm, pause, that's a lie. Um, <laughs> I do not like rules. I hate rules. Um, like sometimes I break them. But obviously that doesn't mean I don't understand them. I see the point of them. And also um, there is a reason why they're in place. So today we're doing a bit of a deep dive in terms of what's legal in Uganda and comparing it with um, UK crimes. Um, to start off this episode, we will sort of talk about a ridiculous story that happened to us whilst we were in Uganda. <laughs> um, so as you do on holiday, like the Romans, um, we went on a night out to this bar where they were selling shashi. <laughs> usually people <laughs> pronounce it as shisha um so um so obviously they were selling shisha so we went ahead and uh, purchased them and i think we did that every maybe night out that we were that we were out so yeah so we always bought shisha and um we had it amongst us and um a few days later we uh so basically heaven broke loose because um the parents were informed that apparently your kids are out there taking drugs <laughs> <laughs> they're taking drugs they're influence influencing quote unquote our ugandan cousins like as if we're not ugandans <laughs> and also they're bringing their western lifestyle and uk bad habits to uganda so as you can imagine we were a bit shocked because every single bar in uganda actually sells shisha so i don't understand how i can bring something from the uk that's already being sold in uganda so yeah ladies let me know what you think about about this situation <laughs> firstly the fact that it was called shashi cracked us up <laughs> this is official shashi gate is what we called it because it was mad um Personally, my mum just was very pissed off with us. Um, and we just got a bad rep. We were the bad Western kids corrupting the Ugandans. <laughs> it's the fact that they treated shisha as if it was heroin. My mum one time when I got back from a night out in Uganda, we went out every night, by the way, for a month. And she was like, you're high. I can see it. I was like, no, I'm drunk. I can't see. Like, <laughs> Also, you can't get high on shashi. So... We need to stop calling it shashi. <laughs> Shisha, <laughs> honestly. I don't understand why they're mixing the letters up. It's too much for them. Does anyone actually know the legal um, age limit for drinking in, in Uganda? I don't know. But I know that for Shisha in the UK, I think it's like 16. I didn't even know there was an age limit for I that. There's an age limit for Shisha? It's like smoking because of tobacco. Oh, fair enough, fair enough. Um, I just feel like age limits, when I think of Uganda, aren't a thing. Um, I'm seeing little kids handing people over beers. They're going to the shops. They can buy whatever alcohol, give it to their parents. I feel like the idea of age limits um, maybe legally exists there, but actually in society, it's not a big, heavily enforced thing. Whereas we were brought up in the UK to know that like when you're 16, you can do this. When you're 18, you can do that. We all know about those clubs in Clapham that you can't get into until you're 21, (laughs) which pissed me off a lot. Then I was excited when I turned 21. Um, those age enforcements are a big thing. Like, the amount of times, even now, I'm still being ID'd to buy um, freaking wine from Tesco. So, I feel like when I go to Uganda, it's the complete reverse. Age limits do not exist, in my opinion. Um, 
I feel like I agree with you, Miss Nalkeng, on that. They, they probably there is an age limit. There but is. I don't think it's anyone age. actually adheres to it. For example, if you're basically if you're selling alcohol in like a little corner store, you're gonna sell it to anyone because obviously you're just thinking about business. You're just thinking about making money. I don't think they're thinking, oh, okay, this is a young kid. We shouldn't be selling them. Uh, they, we shouldn't be selling them alcohol. All they're thinking about is. Um, money that they're going to be making and obviously from obviously past experience we have seen our younger cousins are like what 12 <laughs> having a beer just having, having a beer, beer. casually having a beer and obviously we're thinking it's um, wrong but why did we not call that up mm, I, I don't sure. even feel as though like people have identification i feel like that's just like to carry id you have to either like be traveling uh, actually yeah, when you're yeah. driving do you do they not have driver's license? They probably they do. Must do. They do. They have some sort of license. <clears throat> Otherwise, everyone on the road would just be. <laughs> There's no way that traffic road would drivers. work. Yeah, because yeah. I remember when we were trying to get into this one club in Uganda, and loads of our cousins did not have ID. Do you get what I mean? Yet they still drive. So <clears throat> I'm just wondering. I that- think I think in that situation it's because they don't carry around their ID. They don't expect to be ID'd on a club because they're old enough. Because we didn't really go, we didn't really see any other places sort of asking for ID apart mm. from that one. Mm. But I feel like that particular area just didn't want uh, anyone that's not Western mm-hmm. to be in that place. Mm, very true. The thing that- is that makes me confused is like what their legal ramifications are. And that's the problem. So like, for example, you can sell alcohol in a normal shop to a child who might be buying it for an adult, whichever way around, um, whoever wants to buy it. But then in main shops, like a supermarket, they don't ID you. Like, when I bought alcohol in Uganda, and it's unclear of my age, they don't ID you, so I don't understand what happens. I don't imagine that there's those raids where they check who they're selling to, or secret buyers like they do in the UK. Yeah. They don't have that. So it's like, the fear is so decreased, so, like, low, that why wouldn't you sell it? Yeah, I totally get that. And it confuses the idea, well, the way I understand age limits is to differentiate between childhood, teenhood, adulthood, um, and put those limits in place. And I feel like, in some sense, in Uganda, maybe, like, there's no sense of childhood. It's like, yeah, you are, like, born, you're trying to walk, whatever. Mm. And then as soon as you can communicate, you are able, kind of, to do what you want. Mm. In some sense, maybe I'm pushing it too far, but because of I don't feel like they enforce legal age limits anyway, um, in some sense, there's no sense of childhood. Like, I, I think we've talked about this in a previous episode, feeling older than you actually are mm. because the society itself is treating you like a, an adult. Yeah, cause I don't think they have that like bridge of child, teen, adult. I don't know. I think you're completely held accountable. It's like, as a child, you shouldn't be drinking this or eating this. But if you do, it's like your funeral. Or your parents should have told you better. But after that fact, it's like, you're not... The, the state isn't responsible for your behaviour. Whereas in the UK, we have loads of small guidelines. I mean, like, if you're 12, you don't know what's right or wrong. If you're six, there's no way you could have made a judgment. If you're 13, you suddenly can make a judgment. Like, there's so many lines of age, like, legal criteria that, mm. like, change whether or not something's your fault. Yeah, and but, things... Mm. Uh, sorry to cut you off, I don't know. But things like um, social services as well, um, it's, I don't think that's something that we have in Uganda. So if your child is drinking at eight, do you get what I mean? Like, your children will get taken away from you. So there, there is, like, legal ramifications, as you say. Yeah. Um, for some of the things that we do. So maybe, yeah. I don't know, maybe that's why, I'm not saying mothers in Uganda are awful or whatever, but no. it's just that they, you know. I think there is no one to sort of hold them accountable. 
to some yeah. of the things that their kids might be doing. Um, whereas in the UK, obviously, like Daphne mentioned, you do have um, social services and the law itself that will actually like um, prosecute you. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> hold you to account. Um, but I do think what the point that Miss Naru can get made in terms of um, just having not really being any layers in terms of growth. Um, you're basically a child or an adult. Or like, and there, there is no in between. Once you're able to, once you know what's right and wrong, and you can make your own decisions, then um, you're considered an adult, and whatever you do is basically your own business. And if you want to drink day and night and kill yourself, that's um, <laughs> wow, <laughs> wow, you took it there. <laughs> that's up to you, type of thing. So um, yeah, it's quite. It's quite sad that actually that this is actually happening to like children. I feel like parents should actually be held more accountable, and also and also like um all the siblings and fam and relatives. Mm. Um, as I mentioned, when we saw our young cousin drinking at such a young age, um, no one actually said anything. So I'm thinking maybe we should have said something. I think though, because we're so there's the culturally we're like we've been brought up in a different way. Not in a different way, because obviously we, you guys grew up in Uganda. Um, but because it's not the norm in the UK, but when we went to Uganda, we were seeing that. And nobody, no adult was fluttering, like, like looking twice at it. I think it makes you confused, because I don't want to come in and be like, in the UK, we don't do this. <laughs> Stop it now. I'm the police. When actually it's quite a normal thing. And actually in a lot of countries, people, kids might have like one drink or something. Mm. And it just, like, normalises the behaviour. I'm not saying I was thinking that deeply when I was, like, 15. Um, and also, I was already drinking when I was 16. So <laughs> I was probably like, well, you do you. <laughs> I'm breaking the law too. I I believe there is a legal age, um, which is 18 years old for everything. You know, like, you could get prosecuted if you raped someone at 18 or had non Or actually, even if you had consensual or non-consensual sex below the age of 18. Um, I believe it's the same for drinking and drugs, smoking, etc. Um, the problem in Uganda is that the parents have normalized children drinking at such a young age. And I remember that when we went to Uganda, and this is not like, I'm not blaming my mom or my family or anything like that, but it was okay for us to sit with the adults and drink this um, locally brewed alcohol. And I guess that's how, if, if kids are exposed to that, then it could be a way for them to start. It didn't taste drink. like alcohol. <laughs> it didn't taste like alcohol, but it is an alcoholic drink. And when people take it, it, it is, you know it what I mean? Some side effects. <laughs> it's like, I guess you'd call it moonshine. Yeah. In the American sense, because you can kind of put anything in it and get lit. Yeah, and and if you can have that, say if you're 13 years old, you can have that. What's what's to stop you at 14 if your parents have been okay with you having this moonshine? Then you can have a beer maybe at 14. Then at 15, you can have, I don't know, a cigarette. And it kind of keeps going. No one's stopping you as yeah. you do these things. Um, and I think it's definitely down, like you've all said, to the responsibility of the parents um, to... Shelter their kids. Yeah, just yeah exactly which is not something that happens much to some degree i'm the kind of person who thinks that that can be positive if it's not abused Mm. because i think hiding alcohol and stuff like that from kids like you know another comparison i'm not saying uganda and france are the same but france allows like normalizes young kids drinking wine Mm. and it just stops that curiosity and kind of just says okay this is normal have a glass don't abuse this you can have it in moderation 
as opposed to what happens in the UK, which is like people turn a certain age and then they like binge drink because they haven't been exposed to it. And then also it happens at the same time as them leaving their home, going to uni, having all these new experiences. Um, yeah, sometimes I look at it from the other side and I'm like, a bit of exposure is good, mm. but you're right. Like there's a way, <laughs> there's there's a limit. Like, But guys, uh, this is going to be a bit controversial. Sorry to cut you off. I'm sorry, can't go. But I think it's really annoying that when it's a Western country doing that, they're like praised for it. And it's like, oh, French are so, French people are so forward. Like, mm. oh, they're giving their kids wine at, um, at dinner and they're being exposed to alcohol at whatever age. But then when it's looked at, when it's not a Western lens, like we're looking at Uganda and judging it heavily, it's a similar thing with the um, brood, locally brewed stuff. You sit around with adults, they're not giving you jugs and jugs of it to make you get lit. Um, but it is the same thing. Like you are allowed to have a bit and you mm. don't see it as a strange thing. They don't say stop, 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 never have a bit. And that's exactly what French people are doing. It's just because mm-hmm. somehow wine is more classy than whatever yeah. drink we're talking about. And that's not fair. I don't like it when it becomes like, it's it's really forward thinking for French people. But then in Uganda, we're like, even us as Ugandans are like looking down our nose at it. Um, it just annoys me. It's a double standard. Um, I actually, in general, don't agree with the whole drinking, giving my child a drink, even if it's at dinner or anything. Under the age of 16 or 18, depending on how grown you are um i wouldn't want to i wouldn't want to give you an alcoholic beverage before that so um i actually don't agree with that and that's why i look down i'm looking down on uganda and thinking parents should be more responsible for their children and not allowing them to do that so um just because the french are doing it we don't don't need to be doing it but um yeah i have a really different like um point of view on that i think i would do it maybe age 16 I'd start, maybe you can have a, one glass of wine with food. So it's not the shocking thing that they, like, you know, that you always hear about like preachers' children being the wildest because they're the most like repressed or they've got so many rules. Mm. I want to give small bits because I know that when I started drinking, I wasn't allowed. It's weird because it was normalized because we have Ugandan parents and they're obviously going to be lit. Um, but <laughs> obviously. I, yeah, yeah no, honestly, <laughs> I grew up around parties and stuff. I know what like people being tipsy looks like. I already knew. Um, but I wasn't quite allowed. And that does change the way you drink when you are allowed. And I think to be given a little bit would mean that when you are allowed, maybe you'll openly buy a bottle of wine and show your parents that you're going to go and take it somewhere. Do you know what I mean? And I don't think it actually matters even if you're allowed or you're not allowed. You could either way end up going on a binge even if you've been allowed. You're right. You're right. <laughs> so I'm allowed now. And it's I about the individual, mad. I think. It's about <laughs> yeah, exactly. the person. So I'd rather not stop you and suppress yeah. you from drinking it until the legal age. Then you can do whatever you want after that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree with the cooler rocks just because they are still kids, you know. You don't want to damage your liver at that age. I'm not saying they'll drink excessively, but you never know. This one little taste that you give them at lunch could be, you know, open up a world <laughs> of um, alcohol dependency. You, you just don't know. So I'd rather you drink at the legal age and then you figure it out yourself because you're an adult. And uh, whatever choices you make at that age, then that's up to you. It's not because... I offered you a drink and then all of a sudden you're dependent. But that goes back to the definition of an adult. That's been defined legally in the UK as a certain age. But what's the difference between 15 and 16? What happens in those few months like between? I guess your brain is still developing. So there is actually a difference. So 15 years old and nine months you're incapable of doing something and then all of a sudden... But you have to draw a line between the days. Otherwise... But that's what I'm saying. It's all a legal standpoint, but really your brain's still the same. 
I would say 18, you're an adult, mm. not 16. Mm. Mm. So. I don't, I don't, I don't personally see the reason for 21, 18 and 20. Yeah, yeah, I agree with <laughs> that <laughs> one. That one's nothing. <laughs> like, what, what am I going to do at 21 that I haven't done at 18? W- what is there? Nothing. I completely agree. Like, you, you're legally allowed to do everything at 18, right? What's the 21 law? <laughs> I don't know. I think that's like after you go to uni, if you think about how mm-hmm. structures expect us to be living our lives like they expect us to have been to uni come back and there's a sense of more maturity um after that i guess you're done with your wilding out days so are we though i'm sorry when i go to a club in central london that's you know the age limit is 21 and above i don't see anyone acting classy (laughs) you're acting like 18 year olds so i don't see what's the difference there (laughs) But this brings the question to, in terms of Uganda, what do they consider to be a crime if you can drink at 16? Yes, that's a good question. <laughs> so what are you arrested for in Uganda? It's such strange things. You're arrested for running for president. <laughs> You're not arrested for like small crimes. So like crimes that maybe like families would call the police on their own family for in the UK, like stealing. There's I've never seen any repercussions. I've never seen anything happen for like very like big crimes in the uk in uganda never it's like the state has a different level of control and i think there's also a mentality that within communities you can sort it out yourselves there's not this whole like nine 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 someone just stole money like in our family we've had a few examples <laughs> of people um just stealing in it stealing from each other whatever it happens within families people get i don't know what they get desperate. I don't know what the word is for it. But we've had those examples. We've heard about it whilst we're here in the UK. And it doesn't seem like anyone's calling the police because they're like, we'll sort this, don't worry. Like, I don't I don't know if there's any rules in terms of like that, I want to say village village legality. I don't know mm. what to call it. I wouldn't Where they call- create their own... Um, What's the word for Mob it? justice. Yeah, mob, mob justice. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> um, they find their own solution to the problem because it's almost not worth having the police get involved. Um, I think there's a way to teach a lesson mm. without doing that. But we always think the best way is call the police, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I think it's really weird, like, even between our family, we've had so many cases of, like, robbery or um, GBH technically um (laughs) and no one calls the police it's like it's dealt with in-house like we've even had situations where people have stolen large amounts of money like grants or something um and nothing's been done so i don't really understand what the lines are like maybe they don't believe in the justice system to such a strong extent in the same way that we actually shouldn't believe in our justice system here but we still like oh to to it it. yeah Yeah, regardless Mm. um so in the times we've been to Uganda, I've never been to Uganda and not had something stolen from me by a family member, um, which is such a shame. I'm still mourning my full makeup bag. I just went missing in my own home. Um, but even with those things, it's like we don't interrogate. It's just like, oh, another one bites the dust. Do you think it might be because um, police brutality in um, UG is quite extreme and um, people might not want that for their family member, so they would rather deal with it themselves? The punishment does not fit the crime when it comes to Uganda's sort of uh, laws. Yeah, I kind of get what you're saying, but I feel like with American and UK law, it's the same. Like, depending on what minority group you're in, your punishment doesn't fit the crime. So, like, somebody could attack someone or steal from a shop and then get life. 
So for me, it's the same thing. If someone in Uganda does a small petty crime and they get beaten up, it, it, that's actually probably better than getting yeah, life in like the US justice system. So if you're applying the word police brutality, mm. that in itself is a problem, police, police brutality. Mm. But we have it in the UK, we have it in the US, and we have it in Uganda. Mm. And it's like, you don't want it on your family for that reason, but we still rely on the police here and they still do that. So it's the same, it's not different. And I was just going to touch on the fact that you said nothing happens. That's not the case, is it? You were like, some people steal and then nothing happens. I think you meant that nothing legally. Legal, yeah, legal. No police turns up, but there is a community justice system that we yeah. really don't understand and we don't know about, but we know <laughs> someone makes the rules and like turns up and, you know, you get, you get buried alive. You can get buried alive. Mr. Um, <laughs> Okenga, I feel like I might I disagree with you on that because if something was happening, maybe they would stop doing it. But I feel like every single time we go to Uganda, something goes missing. And it's not just one item. It's loads of items go missing. But they, con- but they continue to do it every single time. And if really and truly something was happening, then wouldn't that stop them, prevent from... Well, happening? no, because it's happening to you. You're from the UK. You're not going to be like, oh, Jaja, you know, this, <laughs> this person stole, stole my makeup bag. Do you get what I mean? Like, <laughs> they think you're... <clears throat> privileged so you can go and buy yourself another one also by the way jaja means grandma <laughs> also we did buy ourselves another one so and how's there going to be a repercussion if we don't confront the person like what do you expect to happen we see something go missing we say nothing and then we're like i wonder why nothing happened why didn't they get arrested you have said nothing about it we don't even confront our cousins we just talk about it amongst ourselves so i think the reason i personally the reason why i don't confront them is because i don't really know who's done it um, I've never really been able to pinpoint, okay, this person's done it. When you're in a group with all your cousins, like this one time, my phone went missing. We were on a night out and it was in my bag. Literally, I remember putting it in my bag and then just leaving my bag where everybody had all their bags. But for some reason, when I came back at the end of the night, it had gone missing. And th- on this night out, we were with all our cousins. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Setting the scene so, <laughs> for the crime. It's kind of difficult for me to Who's, sort of, who's taking it? Is it it could have been someone in the club. It's very true. It could have been someone in the club. They noticed you came in with your bag. You're from the UK. They're gonna That's a very different bag. scenario because I get it when we're in our house and like makeup goes missing from our house. That's a different matter because mm-hmm. people are coming in who are pro- our cousins and they're mm-hmm. more likely to do it. Um, no strangers are coming in, but in a club. Um, yeah. Just going back to that point of Jeffrey saying it's in, it was in the club, it could have been anybody. The area we were sitting in was excluded. It was just us <laughs> in that area. Literally, we were surrounded. And it was just us um, on that table. And everybody had their bags in there. And every single there, every single person there was our cousin. I completely agree. I think it could have been our cousins. Not yeah. to, like, shame them. But um, why wouldn't they steal everyone else's phones? I feel like it's a petty, quick crime. Like, you've, you've been, like, opportunistic or something. Yeah. Or your bag's next to Docker's bag. So you, you take one thing. But if you're... A, a thief professional in a club you would take everything mm-hmm. yeah it's definitely um opportunity if they if they can do it they probably they will get away with it um and they probably know that you're not going to say anything anyway so what's what's the harm um i remember somebody stole um I, back in the day like they stole my hard drive and they didn't take like the cable for it and it was one of those like you need a specific cable for it and I was thinking, why have they taken a hard drive and not taken the cable? It was such a silly crime that I wanted, but then they brought back the hard drive because obviously, I mean, if you're going to, st- I had a laptop too. You could have taken the laptop too. 
Um, I don't think in that situation they were like feeling sorry for you. Oh, no, sorry. I don't think they were thinking I'm going to use this hard drive. They were probably going to sell it. Mm -hmm. But maybe they felt bad. Do you get what I mean? I think maybe they thought about it and then they felt bad because I think whatever is taken from you, from if it's from our family, is to sell. I don't think they're thinking about, oh, I'm going to use this. Let me get myself a flashy iPhone when I have a perfectly good phone that I'm using already. Or maybe they got to the I don't think they felt saying, bad. <laughs> they didn't have the wire. They didn't, yeah. they didn't have the wire. Just, All the laptop. Worked. No, <laughs> but I really, I don't think they... They probably tried to sell it and they told them it's useless without yeah, the wire. Yes, exactly. Yes. So you need the wire. Um, just going back to crimes in Uganda that you can get sort of in trouble for. Um, peeing on the street is one of them. You can get um, in trouble for that here. I know you can. No, you can. Um, mm-hmm. As a, mm-hmm. as a mm-hmm. constant peer, especially in the summer, I'm not going to lie about that. I've never been arrested. I've never been stopped. I've never, you know, I'm. It's not always very hidden in the UK. They'll yeah, come for you after this the episode. Police, like just waiting for you to be in the offices. What no community? It's not considered a crime. Even something as small as like I guess carrying a small amount of drugs here. It's, it's weirdly like. It's you right. can yeah, get yeah, fined for peeing on the street. Here, you can. There are not actual like posters saying you get fined. How many people have you had? They've been arrested for peeing on the street. Never. The police have bigger problems on their hands. (laughs) They're not stopping you for we. But that's where our discussion goes. It's like we know what legally, how the legality stands, but what is actually enforced? Yeah. No one enforces this peeing thing. I mean, maybe yeah, you could get fined, but why are they wasting their time? In the same way in Uganda, there's things that are enforced. Um, well, a lot of things aren't enforced, but um, <laughs> there's things that are probably illegal, but you know we don't see any enforcement, and I guess that's the comparison. The UK enforces a lot more things. It's like socially theft is acceptable um, in Uganda, and then it's not acceptable here. But then peeing is unacceptable there, and here it's like a non-issue. I don't believe that it was that it was unacceptable. I think this guy was an opportunist. He was a police guy. So I was playing on the street because I needed to go. And it was me and Kula and my cousin. <laughs> and the police guy turned up out of nowhere. It's like he was watching us or something while we we're walking down this dark alley. Um, and then he's like, yeah, I'm going to have to arrest you. And I was like, for what? And he's like, for peeing. And I was like, yeah, but there's no toilet around. And I was really desperate. I had no choice. And I said to him, what happens if I had peed myself? Would you still arrest me? And he was just like, um, yeah, you peed on the street. I saw you. <laughs> wow. I'm going to arrest you. And I was just thinking, do you know what? Let's just give him some money. And then we go. Because w- I'm, I don't think he's going to arrest me. He wants money. Like, let's be honest. So anyway, uh, uh, my cousin's a lawyer. So he was like, there's actually no law against her peeing on the street. So the last go. <laughs> do you pay them no i didn't um, no, yes, it's not we illegal. Didn't. no we didn't pay them we didn't he argued to, he said there's actually no law against peeing on the street in uganda so he couldn't arrest us he had nothing to stand on so eventually let's go it was a very long conversation but we didn't pay i kept saying let's pay let's pay let's pay he was like no let's not pay um because he knew the law he was like even if you arrested them you're gonna have to release them <laughs> because you have they, they've done no crime yeah, but still, it goes back to show that there's certain things that they're for. I, I know you're thinking it's an opportunist moment, but it's still something that you, if my, our cousin was not there, you could have you could have gone to the police station. Mm-hmm. It's like frowned upon. It's <laughs> yeah, like it's frowned upon. Like Exactly. That, and there's other things in Uganda that really and truly they should be putting their focus on, and that should not be one of them. Like, honestly, some of these land wars where somebody's like, 
bought land and then people just decide to live in it no one's calling the police i'm like that is a massive crime <laughs> yeah but we, that kind of does happen here like i've heard people say yeah rights. they're squatting in your you know but it was a legal issue and then they created squatters rights that's how we even got that term but but in uganda they don't have squatters rights people just be deciding to build on your land yeah that's happened to our dad actually where there's like multiple tenants mm. in his property but because he lives in the uk they've been living there for over like eight years not paying rent and without he has to call the police but still almost like nothing happens it took ages to get them out of the house and they were like using electricity like they were living (laughs) it's in central Kampala (laughs) living their best life Uh, wait how didn't your dad notice that wasn't he getting an electricity bill he did notice but he kept going back to Uganda and then uh, like (laughs) going to them face to face and they were actually (laughs) arguing their case dad was like this is my house get out and they were like no it was a real, like, difficult struggle. And we had to use, like, our cousin who said is a lawyer. It was a long process to get them out. Mm. Yeah, I think that go- all goes to show in terms of what's really important in Uganda and what you could get in trouble for um, in the UK. Um, the other thing that we haven't touched upon is um, drugs. Um, do we know anything about drugs in Uganda? And um, is there a lord? Is there kingpins? <laughs> there must be because i feel like drugs are everywhere but i do like feel like weed might be normalized but i've never seen like class a drugs like cocaine and stuff also i've never smelt weed in uganda i know that sounds weird mm. oh but, like you know how you can smell it i have have you okay yeah i think i i think i have i think it's like i i had to say it's probably normalized um but no i was reading or i was watching an article or something about like uh drug lords and stuff they they do exist in an area called uh chisenyu or something like that um there's a lot of like it's like a slam but there's a lot of like drug dealers there a lot of people come in that area to buy drugs everyone knows it's well known mm. for um drug trafficking is it drug trafficking mm-hmm. and um yeah and poverty and a lot, it's always the poor people i read that it's always the poor people who are buying the drugs rather than the rich which I, I don't know how that works but that makes but sense it, even that, here yeah. because it's so uh, so it, cheap like. it's so cheap yeah apparently you can get like a dose of heroin for like 50 we're cents. landlocked Uganda's landlocked so I'm where I don't know where the heroin from? comes yeah. from you know usually you need a port you know somewhere where people can access from another because I don't think they're growing the weed there I mean no you they might grow do. the weed you there the weed. but like yeah. stuff like heroin, heroin. do you grow weed Ida it's easy Poor people are always scapegoated for the things that are like socially unacceptable. So you would say that poor people were the ones taking drugs. I think actually, even in the UK, loads of rich people, and I'm not talking celebrities, I'm talking about like bankers, Mm -hmm. take drugs on a regular basis and it's like functioning drugs. Yes, drugs are escapism, but for the rich and the poor. Yeah, Rich people have like relative problems. Oh, my my stepdad shouted at me. (laughs) I need some heroin. (laughs) I need some heroin. Like it's relative. And I think definitely rich people and poor people get those drugs for them to say in the article categorically it's the rich people poor people <laughs> buying them it's just wild yeah it wasn't the baby seals i just zero but yeah. do you think when we were out like clubbing in uganda there's like a whole power situation happening in the club where they're actually dealing around us and we're not sure because i think when i get to uganda i, I don't imagine those scenarios happening if i'm in a uk club i can tell like people are picking up drugs like you can see it yeah in to some degree 
But for some reason, that idea, my idea of Uganda, that switches off. But do you think that is still happening around us? When yes, we're I think we're raving? oblivious. Mm-hmm. We were oblivious to everything. Our cousins could be on drugs, and we're just like, this is such a nice night. <laughs> I really don't think, we, especially we're looking out for drug lords. There's no way, like anything could honestly, a, a, a mass crime could happen when we're out, yeah. and we'd be like, oh, where are we going after? Like, I don't think we did do that. Something happened. Um, I remember we went to. Yes. Um, a nightclub and someone was getting beaten up like brutally oh, getting yeah. beaten it up like, it was the most bizarre thing that i've ever seen like getting no one was helping everyone was just watching and then we went about to the next place oh, casually no it was like three stories up and i was yeah. down and i could see them they took them get out of the club and they were just getting beaten oh i actually remember this now oh my gosh do you I think that's because we're in holiday mode or is that specific to our perception of holiday mode. Holiday, mode. holiday mode. If yeah. I saw this here, not that I'm going to oh, stop cool, it, please. but I'm going home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, that's what you did. You just moved on to another club. That's not going home, basically. It's not my business. <laughs> yeah. You still went somewhere else. No, but like, you okay. could call the police here and they would intervene. You don't necessarily have to get physically involved. You can call the police, but yeah. I don't even know how to call the police in Uganda. Like I actually don't. I agree. I don't know the number. Yeah. Have you seen a police car there? I don't know. They have police. <laughs> they have police. You see them everywhere. You see them at the shopping malls with guns. I'm saying police car. I, I never had that. Nino, Nino. <laughs> I don't know, guys. Didn't you ever find it like, were you never scared when you see a policeman with a gun? Because we, we don't see that here. Yes. Yes, like, I was terrified. I see them and honestly, in my head though, I'm not thinking they're going to shoot me like in they America. Do you get what I mean? But... <laughs> In UG, I'm just like, oh, okay, he's got a gun, I better behave. Do you get what the I thing mean? is, it's not even a small gun. It's like one of them There's rifles. rifles. Yeah. The thing is that we're all saying we're scared, but it's actually a really strange concept that we... I feel like we're more likely to get shot by a police officer in the US and the UK than we are in Uganda, even though we can That's see them. That's why I'm them. saying we're, we're not scared, but we're okay. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah, if, yeah. if I saw a man with a gun in the U- US, I'd be thinking he's going to shoot me for no reason. Her. If I start running, he'll shoot you, Dana. Yeah, 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 yeah. Why are you running? He, you, don't even need to see. running. <laughs> you don't even need to see the person. I just, I imagine every day that I could get shot, like, just walking down the street anyhow. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah in Uganda, they have them. I was scared, I'm not going to lie, though, when I'm thinking, why do they have guns? But I get it for protection. They got to, I don't know, protect civilians, but... But you I, know, also in the UK, post 9-11, it's become, like, in Victoria, I see there was a lot of police presence. Like, it's gone down a bit, but I remember there was a point where I was like, wow, this is really shocking. Mm. I'm in Victoria Station and there's a police officer and his gun is very visual. Mm. Um, I think when we first went to Uganda, that was surprising because it wasn't, it's not something we saw all the time. Mm. But the world's changing a lot and the UK is, no, it's not that far from like, the US. And, with guns. Um, I feel like well, some countries should not be allowed to have guns because they get trigger happy. Yes. The uh, US, how about that? <laughs> in Uganda, we, we know the whole the reason they've got it is for protection and stuff like that. And they don't use it, use it as often as the other countries, but Western, no, they shouldn't. They you shouldn't. don't they hear about it. school shootings it. in Uganda no. where a little 16 year old has decided to just shoot everyone down. It's because it's not entrenched in the culture. It's just, is there for police officers, the end. Like you mm. never hear about gunshots. Like what? Or for politics, politicians. Mm. Cause they get shot. Yeah. Those yeah. ones go. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if we take away like, um, I guess, gun crimes what do you think are the kind of crimes that happen the most in uganda then that you would be arrested for um i think it's not really a crime but obviously it's a crime in uganda like being gay Mm -hmm. that's another thing that you will be arrested for and probably brutally beaten 
yeah the being out of you something like that yes rape obviously mm-hmm. um yeah. rape I, is no i do believe I, I do believe that if you were um caught raping someone's daughter or someone's son i don't know um you definitely get some serious beats but that's if do you think that's more if you're like i guess a stranger but do you think that's enforced within families i think there's a lot of blurred mm. lines like because with us it's like there's a whole consent all that language i haven't heard in ug law but i'm not an expert so mm. not much i can say about that but the idea of rape comes with the idea of consent like does that exist in Uganda or do we think I think there's a lot of ways that families resolve things in Uganda where they yeah. wouldn't even talk about was it consensual or not I think even with a stranger though like if a stranger attacks somebody um the it would be a confusing court case like I really don't know if they were going to the I'm, I'm just unsure whether the police would pick it up I think you'd have to be I think you'd have to be caught doing it live and the people around you the witnesses mm. could you could call the police but I don't know if the after the fact the police would get as involved like in the, those like types of crime. Mm. I think the only situation that I can see them getting proper involved and trying to find out who did it, if you didn't know who it was, would be if you're a well-known somebody's daughter type mm-hmm. of thing. That's when they put more effort into finding, uh, finding it out and obviously making sure they get the person. But a village girl or a village boy, I don't think there's much that's going to happen. You're going to tell your family, they're not going to depending how much they care they might try to find somebody but really truly do you think that's why they separate how how they deal with certain situations and they don't call the police because they're like look i know this isn't gonna get the result i want Mm -hmm. so let's get together as a family or a community or you know we live in this certain area and work out what to do with this person like if you have a local drunkard who's stealing from everyone you know you're not going to call the police because they're just going to be like look he's just a drunk what are we going to do about it? So you kind of get together and you're like, let's, I don't know, I've heard things about having people's hands <laughs> chopped off or beating them up. The problem is though, with, teach this, them a lesson. with this kind of like justice as well, I, I'm, I'm, it's good that, yes, you can't rely on the police, but when you beat the crap out of somebody, it doesn't mean that they can't attack someone again or steal from you again. It just means that they're temporarily like out of action, <laughs> out of office. And then they go back to what they're doing. That, that doesn't take them out of society, although I think they can kill people, so... That would really do it. But I think also, <laughs> also knowing that the whole community is enforcing this will, will stop them because you're not going to move house. You're living in that mm. area. You're not going to just suddenly up and move. I think it does teach a massive lesson because everyone has gotten together or at least a few people have decided this is what's going to happen to you. It's not just like one person beating the other person up. There is that sense of community justice where they're like, this person's a problem for all of us. Let's do this. And then why would they do it again if they live in the same area? I think if it's enforced properly and it's done right and it's the same rules for the same crime as you would with the law, then um, why not? Yeah. I agree. Do it. We've kind of compared both ways of justice, both systems, and how they work. I'm going to pose a question to everyone about, I guess, which justice structure would you prefer? Because in my opinion, I don't respect the justice system in the UK because it is biased. I understand that I'm given limits and the limits do help to some degree because I'm not out here raiding shops and just randomly stealing or doing some crazy stuff. So those limits are important, but um, to some degree, I I understand the community justice system as well and, to, and that's not biased in my opinion. So in a way, I prefer that. What do you ladies think? And what would you prefer? 
Um, um, yeah, I agree with what you just said, Mr. Lukenga. I also prefer the community justice because they're always going to have your back. Um, I don't want to repeat what you say. <laughs> so I would just say, yeah, I'm, um, on, I'm on that too. Actually, I prefer a little bit of both um, where we are not giving guns out to every single person in the Western country countries and um where also we have a community and people do agree on certain laws for certain crimes and also where people are not being arrested for petty things that the police should not be focusing their energy on so yeah so a little bit of both would work for me um yeah i'm kind of a bit like you i don't believe in the western criminal justice system so i would go with the um group because community um system but i wouldn't have it in the uk because they would probably kill me there's too many racist people here so <laughs> i would have to do it in in a dream world mob justice with people who care about everybody's rights that mm. one yeah um in a dream world for me i wouldn't mind the police having the power as long as it doesn't go to their heads because that's what's happened even if it's like uh, black police even if let's say all the police were black or minority ethnics they will still have that power where it's like they'll look at they'll probably look at black people as the problem just because of how we've already been structured to look mm-hmm. at ourselves Do you get what i mean so if they didn't get like power happy and thinking you know they're the flipping i don't know best thing since sliced bread so <laughs> it would work it would actually work but yeah because you need someone to um enforce the, enforce the rules yeah and the police would would be a great thing but it just doesn't work and yeah but maybe the, it doesn't work because the structure has already made it to be biased and structured in a certain way so maybe we'd have something that does that that isn't the police because it sounds like that's what you want the only way the reason that they are kind of power happy is because society's made them that high up um if you think about like the mob um, no one messes with them because they've got community um, yeah. that yeah, but works. Like, but like That's said, what we need. No, but Law like, and order in the community. Yeah, but like what Ida said, if we had the community here, there's too many racist people that would just shoot you, kill you for petty, <laughs> uh, you know, stealing chewing gum. <laughs> <laughs> so in that sense, I don't want the community thing. It would work in the UK. Yeah, yeah. It's biased as well. Mm. All right, everyone, I hope you enjoyed the episode uh, and you've learned a little bit about, you know, our justice system back home in Uganda, you know, comparing that to the UK uh, and what that looks like. Um, if if you have any views or if you think there's something that we might have missed or not got correct, we would really like to know. So hit us up on our socials. Um, until next time. Bye. Bye.